Welcome to Women Waken, a podcast that helps you heal spiritually from trauma in relationships, childhood, and early life conditioning to shift from a place of codependency to a state of divine feminine love, acceptance, harmony, and abundance. On Women Waken, we begin the journey to waken from the illusion of needing to prove our worth into the divine experience of knowing our worth. I'm your host, Whitney Walker. I'm a licensed mental health therapist and I specialize in substance abuse, addiction, eating disorders, trauma, and spirituality. I'm also a fellow human being who has faced most of the issues I explore on this show. On today's Identify and Heal solo episode, I'm offering a part two to my episode on inner child work. And on this episode, I'm getting into how you can begin to connect with, work with, and listen to your inner child on a day-to-day basis. You can develop a relationship with them and gain the wisdom and guidance that your inner child has to offer to lead you towards the highest experience in relationships, work, community, friends, because they will truly guide you to what they are most needing and what they are most aligned with. So take a listen and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Whitney here with an Identify and Heal solo episode. And on today's episode, I'm doing a part two to the inner child work episode that I released last week. I wanted to do this part two because as I started to edit and reflect on the first episode, I realized that although I touched a little bit on what ongoing inner child work looks like, I wanted to elaborate on that because that's really a very important aspect of it. Of course, the biggest thing is first identifying and addressing and beginning to heal our inner child wounds and understanding what that means and what that is. But the ongoing work is what allows us to not build back or reactivate this wound, if you will. It helps us to to create a connection with our inner child, which is ultimately what we want to be able to do and to be able to incorporate in our day-to-day life, because that really helps us to keep at bay those feelings of frustration, anger, sadness, hopelessness, devastation, self-loathing, all those things that often come from these inner child wounds. If we can have a relationship with our inner child, then we don't reach that point, right? That boiling point, that level of feeling so distraught because these wounds are so painful. And we're also able to keep in mind about what's going on. So let me explain this further. So in the first episode, I shared that once we've identified our inner child wounding, we can go back in meditation and various forms, hypnosis, brain spotting, EMDR to go back to ourselves at that time. And then we really kind of invite that inner child. And then once we've invited them back into our current life and welcome them and let them know that they are safe, they are loved, they are cared for, then we can do the work, as I spoke to, of connecting with them on a daily basis. Now, what is the value of this? I had a beautiful guest on the show Jana Wilson, who wrote a book, Little Wise One. And it's all about how she 
made a lot of progress in her healing journey by identifying her inner child and then connecting with her and listening to her throughout the rest of her life. Because here's the thing, when we listen to our inner child, we don't do what we often do that can get us into trouble, which is acting impulsively, acting recklessly with ourselves, right? It's one thing to act recklessly outwardly, right? Like we're, we drive fast or we're rude to people when we're upset about something and when we're, you know, going about our errands or our day or at work, we're acting reckless in an outward way, but we can also very much be reckless with ourselves, making impulsive decisions about who we date, who we sleep with, who we spend time with, what actions we take, what things we do or don't do, right? When we just want to maybe get out of an uncomfortable feeling and we don't think about the repercussions on ourselves. Now, that's really the essence of inner child work is if, if you put a name to that quote unquote self, of course, it's just you, it's your inner essence, it's your soul, but the inner child represents the part of you that's been hurt in the past, that's sensitive, that's in need of things, that's going to react to the things that we do to ourselves that are destructive, unkind, or hurtful, right? So for example... I had a friend who had been single for a long time. She was focusing on her spiritual journey and was, you know, just doing that, practicing that, not really focused on dating. And then she met somebody and they were long distance for a while and they would talk on the phone and built this beautiful connection. And then it was time to go and to go meet him. And she was so excited and she got in her car and she had this visual of her little girl self with her arms folded and just very much like, angry. Like, no, I don't want to go. And what was going on is that, you know, my friend was so excited to just like hit the road and get to this person. She was kind of putting aside the fear that she's had her whole life, which is that she's going to get left behind, right? That she's going to go run after this, this guy, but she won't be truly loved. And she she'll have to hide parts of herself because that's what she's had to do before in relationships. So it really is talking to almost our, it's, it's a mix of our subconscious. It's a mix of our emotional body. It's a mix of our past selves, our inner child that's saying, Hey, can you slow down a second and check in with me? Can you make sure that all parts of yourself are good to go on this decision? Because again, sometimes we make reckless decisions, right? I know that I've met somebody and I knew darn well that they were not interested in me genuinely, maybe just physically, ephemerally, a quick thing. And I didn't take the time to think, huh, is this honoring my highest self, my inner little girl who's, who often felt neglected and overlooked and not loved? Is it for their highest good to go after this bright, shiny thing that's going to give me a quick fix of feeling, you know, some endorphins, some dopamine because they give me attention, but then who's left to deal with the aftermath? You and your emotional body and your inner child is left to say, ow, that hurt again. I feel unloved again. I feel not good enough again. I feel unworthy again. I feel rejected, neglected. So we begin to act mindfully of our inner child. However you conceive of yours is all that matters. I don't want to tell anybody what is so in terms of what is an inner child? How do you work with it? See what resonates with you. It can be Some people actually visualize it more as like almost like an animal is something easier. It's like this little thing that they're trying to take care of. It really is just like your, your 
exquisite, loving, lovable self that just needs to be considered and given love. Again, I like the inner child idea because it it does often have certain hangups, right? I've spoken to this before, but it's amazing how people's different inner childs are so different. One thing that could be a trigger for me doesn't matter at all to somebody else. They're like, why would that bother you? I don't have to worry about that. So we have to listen to our unique inner child, right? Before we make big decisions, before we go about on our life. In Jana's book that I was speaking to, Wise Little One, a moment where her little inner child came up was when she also had met this man who she was crazy about, really excited about. And then she found out that he wasn't quite divorced yet. His divorce wasn't finalized. And in her mind, she's like, it's fine. It's no big deal. And then she felt the presence of her inner child. And her inner child said, I don't like that. He might do the same thing that the others have done. They'll give me all this attention and say all these things, but then, then they run away. They leave us again. So she put her foot down and she said, you know what? She told this guy, she said, I'm not comfortable with that. So if you want to date me, I will date you. I'll go out with you when your divorce is finalized. And he emailed her three days later and said, okay, (laughs) I called the lawyer. I'm pushing it through. He really liked her. This is what people do when they are truly interested. They don't really make many bones about it when it's the real deal. And you can't mess it up when it's the real deal. Jana didn't lose that guy by stating her truth and her needs. I know times in my life, I've been too afraid to put, draw the line, right? I've been like, yeah, well, what if that's too, I'm, that makes me too difficult and they might not be interested and it might scare them away. At a certain point, you have to start thinking, if I scare somebody away, then they are absolutely not for me. Then it wasn't going to work anyways. I would have scared them away at some point. In my twenties, I can't tell you how many times I tried to curtail and hide certain things so that, oh no, no, I'm not difficult. Oh, I'm not clingy. I'm not this. It was exhausting until I finally had to say, you know what? This is who I am. And that's what I still say and hope for the best eventually, (laughs) but it's worth it because I keep meeting people who find a beautiful, wonderful partner once they hold their ground and don't settle for anything less and know their worth. A part of that is honoring your inner child And having the courage to say, this doesn't make me feel good. This makes me uncomfortable. This is what my need is. And your inner child will help you understand what those things are. You'll hear it. Again, we push it down so often. We feel something in our stomach that says, this doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. But we push it down, push it aside because it's something we want. We want to try to date this person. We want to try to go on this trip. We want to try to take this new opportunity. We want to try to keep this friendship. But something in us keeps saying, no, I don't like this. So how can we work with our inner child? Yes, sometimes it will come up specifically, right? Like in these two incidents I shared about Jana and my friend, where their inner child popped up and was like, excuse me, hi. But it's not always going to be like that. You also just want to, just like with a friendship, you don't just speak with them when there's a problem. You want to build a relationship and a connection. I know some people that will keep a picture of themselves as a child, either in their wallet or even hanging, you know, from our rear view mirror in our window or in our car so that we can consistently look and say, Hey, there she is. How's she doing today? How would she feel about 
what's going on right now? How can I check in with her? Remember that she's there. I was told once to, after doing some healing work that I, the healer recommended, you might want to get a stuffed animal and keep it in the passenger seat of your car and picture that as your inner child and check in with her throughout your day. Because again, what you're really checking into is your emotional body, your emotional well-being. Because the truth is, we're all kind of, we all are little kids at heart. We all have every single age that we've ever been within us. And we try to pretend when we try to pretend like that's not true, like, oh, it's fine. I can be, do this and that other thing and work myself to the bone and not take care of myself and do zero self-care and push myself to the edge and degrade myself and do things that make me feel disrespected and not good. We're not going to feel great. And that inner child is going to be crying in the corner like it has in the past. So we have little reminders. We have little check-ins, right? We say, how are you doing? You know, we're headed out for a night out with our friends and we're going to be out late. And we just check in and we say, how are you? Are you feeling, do you have your needs met? Do you feel like you were considered today? Do you feel like you're considered in this, what we're doing? Because again, it it will reveal certain things like, actually, I really need some sleep. I, we haven't slept very well, so I'd love to get to bed early. Or, you know, I don't really feel good around these people and I don't know why we keep hanging out with them. Listen to it. Listen to that sentiment that's coming through, through this emotional source of you. So these are just a few ways to understand, connect with, and work with our inner child that will truly ultimately lead us to the highest path path for everything. It really will the highest job and career, the highest relationship and love, the highest community and social surroundings, because we're not denying how we truly feel just because something looks good or seems good, or it's what we imagined we wanted. Our inner child will tell us when it says, but no, but no. And again, with both of my friends that I mentioned, sometimes you just need to check in and reassure your inner child, right? These were their soulmates. Ultimately, these were their life partners, but it was, you just have to listen to your inner child that's saying, I'm scared, right? Again, you might be going out to a big event with new friends and you're excited and your inner child might just need a little reassurance of, Hey, I'm kind of nervous. I've been rejected a lot. And I felt like I was left out a lot in the past. I'm nervous to meet new people. And you say, okay, well, how can I help you with this? I'll stick with you. I'll have you with me while I'm there and make sure that you feel good. And if it doesn't feel good, then we won't continue associating with these people. It's honoring yourself. And it's allowing you you to see the choices that you need to make for your highest good. Because you're not trying to deny what you're needing at an emotional level to have true connection. Your inner child could also be what kind of pops up when you just notice that with certain people, whether friends you're around, family members, people you're dating, that something just doesn't feel right. Something just feels like kind of icky. Maybe you always feel like a little bit disappointed or let down or just not fully able to express yourself. Maybe you get that feeling, you know, like when certain people treat you a certain way or act a certain way and you just kind of feel like sort of maybe shame or just like a little bit of ouch, you know, like, Ooh, I feel, and that's often it's hitting on your inner child where it's like that same feeling 
Because again, the power of the inner child work is that it's when you first ever felt those emotions, shame, punishment, reprimand, criticism, judgment, rejection, abandonment. Those are very, very painful things. And that we come into this world fairly open. Children are fairly, they still have their hearts open. Sadly, they can close pretty quickly. But that's, again, inner child work helps us see when our heart started to close. It was when we first felt these moments of what I just described, of the shame, of the rejection, of not being lovable, of feeling left out, of feeling like you're not good enough. And then we close, close, close. And we want our hearts to open back up. And that can happen through a developed relationship with your inner child. And it's also just a beautiful thing because everybody deserves to feel that they have a friend in themselves. It's also a good feeling to feel like a nurturer and a caregiver. And you can do that with just your inner being. You can check in. You can also offer yourself love. You know, again, they call it reparenting. Give yourself what you, rather than sitting alone, you know, sometimes we have those nights where we're like, nothing is working out and I'm so sad. And I thought I'd be in a different place in my life. And we cry and we cry and there's a place for that. Right. But then other times we can learn to say, okay, how can I give myself the comfort and love that I'm needing right now, rather than fall into that hole of helplessness and hopelessness? How can I act as my own loving, nurturing parent to my inner child that feels so sad right now? Because it's very real. It's very real. You know, people might tell you like, oh, you know, what are you five? Get over it. What are you, you're going to sulk about this? It's real. You know, as I spoke to you in, my, in the first episode, when we regress to a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, whatever age, is because in that moment, we are that version of ourselves. Because we're kind of stuck in time because of things that happened there. There was a wound, something ca- caught at that time, and it still comes up. Nobody loves me. Oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. Only we can shift that. Because again, if we don't do our own inner child work, we're going to constantly try to seek others to heal that for us. As I've spoken to in so many episodes, whether it's like toxic dating or, you know, low self-esteem and not being able to love and accept ourselves, it comes down to feeling like I need someone else to reassure this for me. I have this big old gaping wound of feeling like I don't matter. And I need somebody else to, I cannot, I'm just going to sit here bleeding until somebody else comes and heals it for me. And that's a fruitless pursuit because nobody else can heal us. Ultimately, only we can. Even loving partners and loving friends who do give us genuine love, they can't heal it for us, but they can help the best of friends and relationships and connections help us see in ourselves what they see in us. But it's never about what that person actually does. They can't actually touch our wounds. They can only elicit within us what they see in us. That is that we are lovable and beautiful and wonderful and deserving of love. So just a few little tips, some takeaways, things that you can start practicing to connect with your inner child. Again, there's the practice of keeping a picture of yourself as at the age that you were and just really falling in love with that little girl. Because that little girl is still you. Sorry. And and to the gentleman listening, your little girl, your little boy, 
falling in love with them and realizing that that girl is always with you. So whenever you criticize yourself, you're criticizing her. And whenever you say, I'm not lovable and nobody cares about me, you're telling that little girl that you're telling your five-year-old self, you know, you're right. You're right. You weren't good enough and nobody loves you. Whew. That's not what we want to say, right? We would never want to say that to our little girl. We want to say, okay, today was hard. What happened felt really painful, yet I still love you. Nothing that could ever happen could ever change how I feel about you, right? That's what parents will say to their child, right? I know that this was upsetting or yes, this, you know, was not the most pleasant event, but nothing can change that I love you and that you're amazing. My love for you is unconditional. And that's what we want to give to our inner child. So we develop a rapport with them. We develop a way to connect with them. Whether it is in, you know, our day-to-day life when we're driving in our car and we imagine them in our passenger seat and we give them love and we check in with them and we say, hey, how are you doing? Or we keep that picture. We have a stuffed animal to represent them. Or we stay aware because anytime we're resisting something, that's often, again, our inner child being like, whoa, 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 wait. This feels scary. This feels uncomfortable. Can we hold on a second? And rather than charge forward, we pause and we check in. Because again, the more that we do that, it keeps us from pursuing and moving forward with something that will ultimately hurt us. Because it's usually when when we're in seeking mode, seeking that external validation, confirmation, ointment from somebody else that our inner child will say, wait a minute. And we slow down and we do things like say, Hey, I'm going to need you to get that divorce finalized first. That's when I will feel most comfortable. Then you can come talk to me. Hey, this job opportunity sounds really great. Yet I feel like the terms are very strict and a little bit stifling. And I would need to renegotiate those terms. For some of us, that sounds kind of scary to stand up for ourselves. But again, if we listen to our inner child, it will tell us, I don't think you really want this. I know it's hard to stand up for yourself, but I think if you take this, we're going to feel like we used to feel like a little kid again, that everybody just tells us what to do and what we're, what they say we're good at and what they say we're capable of. I think I know, I think I'm the best judge and determiner of my value, of my traits, of my abilities. That's the point we want to be in. And that is what the relationship with our inner child will help us with, but also just having that peace and being able to truly love and take care of ourselves the way that we are meant to. All right, everybody. I hope this was helpful. Have a beautiful day. Take care. That wraps up our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening to Women Waken. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others and come back for more. If you'd like to connect with the Women Waken community, you can find us on Instagram at Women Waken. And if you follow Women Waken, you can get a free tarot card reading if you just send a DM. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and don't forget to let your unique light shine into this world.